Hey, this is Shannon from Slapdash, and this episode is sponsored by 606 Iron. Located in the Big M Plaza in Whitley City, Kentucky, 606 Iron has cardio equipment, free weights, numerous weight training machines, weekly kettleball classes, and tanning beds. Stop by 606 Iron for membership information or call 606-310-4918. History, art, science, and everything else. They slap down a new topic and dash off to the next. It's a great big world with so much to know. Like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you want to be a smarty, better learn something fast. With Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast. On today's episode, we're discussing Greek mythology. Across the table is the only man to have won a staring contest against Medusa, Jason, <laughs> not of the Argonauts, Creekmore. How are you, man? Man, you just kind of combined two different ones there, didn't you? <laughs> I'm getting kind of clever with these That's intros. Right. Yeah. You sense that a little bit? You're all about the Greek today. I am. I, I may speak a little Greek. I, I, I don't know, though. I don't think either one of us will speak very fluent Greek in this episode. <laughs> or fluid. <laughs> or fluid. <laughs> No, probably not. Probably not. So uh, if you listened to our History of the Russian Revolution episode and thought we butchered those names, you just wait. You're in for a treat today uh, because we are we are definitely going to be having fun with this one. So, Jason, uh, are you a big fan of Greek mythology? There was a time period when I was probably like late elementary school. I thought, <laughs> wow, this is really cool. Yeah. You know, and so I remember, uh, well, actually, I guess the movie Clash of the Titans, like oh, yeah. the old the old the, movie. the one with the claymation yeah, and stuff, all that. skeletons, or was that Jason and the Argonauts? I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember. All of them had claymation. They're all the same yeah. thing, kind of. Yeah, and uh, so I really got into that, and I was probably like fourth, fifth grade, and I read all the books, and and uh, I remember trying to like memorize all the I did too. Uh, all the gods and goddesses and all that. So yeah, and it's always been cool. I mean, just you know, even today when you know, there's tons of movies that reference this, you know, Percy Jackson oh, yeah. and all that That's stuff. So it's always been kind of cool. It's fun. They're they're kind of like super heroes in a way but th- but they're not but it's they kind of are they might as well be <laughs> yeah so jason uh we'll just hop right into it we're going to start with a brief history and then i think we're going to share some stories some of our favorite stories from greek mythology sounds great in ancient greece stories about gods and goddesses were an important part of everyday life uh, the stories explained everything from religious rituals to the weather and they sort of gave meaning to the world people saw around them In ancient Greek mythology, the 12 Olympians were the major deities of the Greek pantheon, commonly considered to be Zeus, who was god of the sky, and also he held that big lightning bolt. Right. He was sort of in charge. (laughs) He was the man. Uh, Hera, who was the goddess of marriage, mothers, and family. Poseidon, who was the god of the sea. Demeter, goddess of agriculture. Athena, goddess of wisdom, war, and useful arts. And some of these overlap uh, because there's there's more than one god and goddess of war, which we'll find in a minute. Apollo, who was the god of archery, music, poetry, prophecy, and medicine, he, he was just a jack of all trades, man. He was a liberal arts major. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> That's not a lot. He, he went into all the topics. Yeah. He, he, he's a good guy. Uh, Artemis, who was the uh, god of the moon, the hunt, and young maidens. I guess I should say goddess. I'm probably going to mess that up sure. throughout the whole episode. We'll just go with it. <laughs> uh, Ares, who was the god of war. Ares likes to keep it simple. Right. Easy enough. Now, Ares was in Wonder Woman. That is true. Right. So yeah. I remember that one. That's gotcha. Right. We, okay. we know that one. Now, Ares bad, <laughs> at least in Wonder Woman. <laughs> Words, not good. Ares, eh, not good. Uh, Hephaestus, who was the god of blacksmith and fire. Aphrodite, goddess of love and beauty. Hermes, 
god of the roadways, travelers, merchants, and thieves, and maybe even Red Bull. I don't know. Okay. He's the guy with the little wings on his boots, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Dionysus, god of wine. Pretty straightforward there. And um, honorable mention, not actually one of the 12 Olympians, but still very famous in Greek mythology, one of the big brothers, Hades. Uh, He didn't actually live on Mount Olympus. He obviously lived in the underworld, and that was his domain. So not considered an Olympian, but still one that I'm sure will come across here. And Hades was in the uh, Hercules, the old Disney cartoon, right? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. I like that take on on Hades. What what was the guy's name that played him? Was it James Woods? I think so. Seems like it. He had the big flaming blue hair and the the teeth. Yeah, that was a pretty cool character. (laughs) That was a cool character. So we're just going to share a few of our favorite Greek mythology stories. I, I used to teach these whenever I taught middle school and oh, really? grade. Yeah. Kids love these, man. They're, they're pretty cool. And Percy Jackson was really big in middle oh, school yeah, as well. Yeah. So the first one I'm going to share is called Theseus in the Minotaur. And Jason, I've, I've written a few Theseuses in my life. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty bad joke. <laughs> Thesi. Thesi. Yeah, I've written a few Thesi. Uh, but this story begins with a character named Minos. And Minos was the first king of Crete. And while king, Minos' son was killed by an Athenian. So we have a classic war between Crete and uh, Athens. Uh, this sent Minos into a rage. He got really mad because apparently he didn't like to see his son killed, especially by an Athenian. So he took retribution, Jason, and he basically initiated the Hunger Games. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. he, he, ma- was, he did the Hunger Games before they were cool. That's right, before they were <laughs> cool. Uh, he made the Athenians send a few youths to Crete every seven to nine years, and he, uh, he would send them into this giant labyrinth, which was just a big old maze, and it was dark inside, and it was hard to find your way inside and out and get around. And that wasn't the worst part, because inside of that giant labyrinth maze was a character named Minotaur. Oh. <laughs> and Minotaur, as the name implies, was a terrifying monster, and we find that to be pretty common throughout Greek mythology. Rarely will you find a gentle giant, uh, you know, a kind monster. In Greek mythology, they're all terrible. A lot of, lot of hybrid animals. Yeah. Th- this one actually happened to be half man, half bull. That so, makes, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> of course it does. Uh, Theseus, the son of the Athenian king, demanded that he be one of the youths that was sent into the labyrinth. So they could have sent anybody, but the prince said, you know what? I want to go. And he does. So when Theseus arrived in Crete, he met King Minos's daughter, Ariadne and uh job thanks (laughs) (laughs) i might need an aspirin after that one uh and he fell in love with her because love and tragedy are really the two rhyming themes throughout greek mythology uh the two devised a plan that would allow theseus to escape the labyrinth without getting lost and he, he didn't do breadcrumbs but he did something pretty similar he tied some thread to the entrance of the labyrinth walked through the maze while holding the other end of the thread killed the minotaur by cutting off his head and followed the thread back to the entrance. It's a normal day at the office, right? <laughs> yeah, in and out, man. Theseus and Ariadne began their journey back to Athens on Theseus's boat, but they took a pit stop on an island, and that's always bad news, man. Oh, no. If you're in a Greek myth, just avoid the islands. <laughs> right. It's always Don't bad. Don't yeah. stop. There's, there's nothing good that can come of that. It just so happens that on this island, the god of wine, Dionysus, was uh, sitting there and appeared in Theseus's dream to tell him that Ariadne should remain on the island, that Theseus should leave, and Ariadne should become Dionysus's wife. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I love how Greek myths, uh, they don't pull no punches. Right. It's just straight to the point. There's no build up. It's not, let's get to know this new character. It's like, I'm here, deal with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I shall marry up. you. That's right. So Theseus, uh, he leaves. He, he leaves Ariadne behind. Uh, she becomes Dionysus' wife. Remember, he's the god of wine. And uh, Theseus never <laughs> sees Ariadne again. End of story. Wow. <laughs> so he could kill the Minotaur, right? but a dude with a bottle of wine, he couldn't. <laughs> it was just too much. Apparently not. <laughs> no, just, just too much for him. Wow. Um, interesting story. I mean, it's it's got all the elements of uh, of typical myths. You, you've got the hero. You've got the, the damsel, you know, and uh, they get together and. <laughs> Somebody comes in and steals her away, and he goes. He goes on his way. It's it's not your typical story in general, though. I right. mean, my stories don't go that way. Anyway, that's uh, Theseus and the Minotaur. Jason, what's up next? Well, Shannon, I have the three sisters of fate. There's always got to be three. The three sisters of fate. three sisters of fate. That's right. According to mythology, the Mori are the goddesses of fate, and the sisters' names are Clotho. Lachius and Atropos. Good job. Yeah, I try. Uh, the, <laughs> these goddesses weave the fate of both humans and gods and goddesses, and no one has the power to influence their actions. So each sister has a specific duty regarding literally everyone's fate. So basically, hmm. and these, the, the sisters of fate, they've also been portrayed in, in several movies and cartoons oh, yeah. even. Yeah. Pretty common. Uh, I think actually they're also in Percy Jackson, which we had mentioned. They're, they're the I ones so. in the car. Is there, oh, that's right. Is, is there a version of them in Macbeth? I, I think it yes. starts with like three witches and yeah. they are the sisters of fate. It's kind of the same thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, so basically you just have these, these three, these three uh, goddesses, that basically are responsible for everyone's life, but they have different uh, responsibilities for it for each of them. So they just kind of sit around doing their thing, right, and sort of talking. So Clotho yeah. actually spins the thread of life. So, <laughs> what does that mean? Which is a which is a which is a good like you know motto because I I think I'm going to say that from now on. I'm just going to look at someone and say. Spin the thread of life. Spin that thread. Spin that thread. Walk off. So she spins the thread of life. And so when she does that, basically she creates life. So like every okay. person. So when she creates a thread, when she spins this thread, a new person's born. And that that particular thread represents you know, one for me, one for you. That's all she does. One all for day. Zeus. Even. Spin the threads. Make, spin make the, the thread. things. Oh, does so, she make gods too? So Yes. Oh yeah! So the the three sisters of fate literally are kind of over the creation of life. So really, they're in charge. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, but no one can tell them what to do. Not even not even the god, not even Zeus huh. can tell them what to do. All right. So you have Clotho over in the corner, and she's kind of creating life, right? Sure. Then you have Lachius, who spins people's fate and events of of, of people during their life. So like basically, Clotho gives the the uh, string to her sister, and then basically she begins to kind of further weave it and put in events and happenings hmm. in your life. So like when you get sick and when you get married and when you have good luck and oh, quote-unquote bad luck, that's all because of Lachius, that she's sitting there kind of interweaving these events in one's life. You want her to be in a good mood? I hope so. Keep yeah. her happy. hope she's at least eating breakfast. <laughs> yeah. And then you have Atropos. 
Uh-oh. So a tropos has one job. She cuts the thread. Mm. So when she cuts the thread... I don't like the sound of that. Ball game over. All <laughs> Is right? that it? So she ends life. Is that death? That's death. So so Clotho creates the life by spinning the thread. Lachius kind of further sort of weaves it and in, in, in all the happenings that you have during your whole life. And then a tropos basically sort of measures the length of the thread and at some point cuts it off. Oh, wow. So when she cuts that, that's that's it. So that is the myth of the three sisters of fate. And really, it's almost like the three sisters of fate slash life because they yeah. one creates it, one kind of manipulates it during your life, and then the other sister ends it. And there's not really any like, you know, three branches of government. There's no like <laughs> checks and balances. Just unilateral control yeah. over fate yeah. and destiny you, you and all don't, that. You don't have like Hermes coming in saying, uh, <laughs> excuse me, Clotho, you know, whatever they do is just how it is. Nobody gets a vote. Nobody gets a vote. That's it. No filibusters nope. when it comes to fate. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Jason, next up, I have the story of Daedalus and Icarus. Have you ever heard those names before? I have heard of Icarus. Yeah. I think there was a video game a long time ago called oh, Kid, Kid Icarus. You're right about that. Was that so. on the Nintendo? I think it was on the old like, 8-bit, like the original Nintendo, I think. Yeah. When are we going to do like a top 10, 20 episode on that soon? We need to real quick. We, we need yeah. to do one. That yeah. might be something like for August. <laughs> That's a good idea. So uh, Daedalus and Icarus goes back to the labyrinth. Remember Theseus and the Minotaur? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the labyrinth in King Minos's palace was designed by a famous inventor and engineer named Daedalus. So I, I love how all these connect. Very rarely do you find that these stories are told in isolation. It's like right. everybody makes up their own little facet of the story. Right. And, you know, they, they all the characters have backstories. There, there are no minor characters in Greek mythology. Yeah, they're, they're all connected somehow. All connected. So Daedalus happens to have built the labyrinth. Uh, it is said that Athena herself, as we said, was the goddess of wisdom, taught Daedalus everything he knew about engineering. So good for him. Good teacher. All right. Good job. Yeah. When construction of the labyrinth was completed, King Minos imprisoned Daedalus and his son, Icarus, inside the labyrinth so that knowledge of the labyrinth would never spread to the public. It's kind of dirty a little bit. <laughs> kind of mean. Yep, kind of like a communication or, I guess, information control. <laughs> Just a little bit. So the father and son uh, brainstormed ways to escape and finally decided to create these giant wings from the feathers of birds, which were glued together with wax. Okay. Now, I want you to remember that they're in a labyrinth. So apparently they have access to feathers and wax inside the <laughs> labyrinth. Well, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Maybe by design. I don't know. Maybe Daedalus being this genius that he was decided at some point, I'm, I'm probably going to have to find a way out of here. So uh, let, let's grab a few of those chickens and put them in this corner. Uh, you know, let, let's put some wax over here and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll see you in six to 12 months. <laughs> good, good luck with building those wings. Right. So, so they fashioned the wings and they just sort of flew away. They did flap their wings, flew out of the labyrinth, and as they were flying away, Daedalus warned his son not to not to fly too close to the sun. Uh oh. He, he said, "Don't do it." And of course, he didn't do it. Right. And the story was nice, and everybody lived happily ever after. No. Or it's a Greek myth, <laughs> in which case, uh, after the two had escaped. Icarus flew high into the sky toward the sun, and the closer he got to the sun, the the hotter that wax got that was holding the feathers together, and the hot sun just melted the wax, and it caused the feathers of the wings to fly away, and Icarus fell down, 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 straight into the sea, and he drowned, and he died, and it's terrible. It, it's awful. And Daedalus named the place where his son fell Icaria in his memory. So yeah, that's, that's take, a, take a moment to mourn uh, Icarus, man. That's... That's sad. That's a uh, that's a really nice story you had there, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good story right before that's, bedtime. It's you know? one for for the for the chittens. 
Yeah, I think it, it's sort of cautionary tale. You, you've got your elder who has just granted you freedom and, and allowed you to do all the great things you've done in your life. They said, oh, but don't do this thing. And Icarus is like, but I get to do all the other things. Let's just see what this thing why, does. Why can't I do this and thing? And it leads to his death. And, it, and that's the story I imagine that the Greek elders were telling the children. So, you know, don't be like, don't be like Icarus. <laughs> don't eat that candy bar. Now, they don't have candy bars <laughs> back in Greek times. But what, what do you think kids got into back in Greek times? I wonder what they'd be punished for. I don't know. Maybe playing too close to like the side of cliffs or something. <laughs> Maybe you think so? You know, maybe like you know, just a, just a free fall over the over the. I told you, stay out of that labyrinth, boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, man. So, what's up next? So, uh, another really interesting Greek myth is Prometheus. And the theft of fire. It seems like these are all like books in a Percy Jackson series. It, it feels right? like each one could be a standalone novel. <laughs> yeah, right. So according to the myth, uh, one day Zeus was giving out gifts to all the gods, but he did not give out any gifts to the humans. Aww. So it was sort of like disappointed. A little you bit. get a power, and you get a power, <laughs> and then the humans they don't get anything. Right. Right. So uh, the Titan Prometheus felt sorry for the humans. He kind of had a soft spot, and he wanted to give them something. So he thought, hey, fire would be something good that they could use. They could stay warm. They could cook with it. So Prometheus stole fire and placed it in a hollow reed and gave it to the humans. All right. So everything was great until Zeus found out. He didn't like that, huh? No, no. This story is going to go off the rails here a little bit. That's how they all go. Okay. So once Zeus found out about this, he became very upset, so much so that he chained Prometheus to a rock high on a mountaintop. Okay. Okay. We don't end there. Uh Okay. Then, however, Zeus sent... (laughs) I'm afraid to hear what you're going to say. It's it's weird. I feel like it's going to escalate. It is, because it's bizarre. (laughs) All right. Then, however, Zeus sent an eagle to fly to Prometheus, who's chained up to this rock now, remember? Yeah. Every day, and eat his liver. Mm. (laughs) Not like... His head, or kill him, just to take just, a just, just to t- to nibble on his liver every day. Does his liver come back? Is he just stocked with liver? <laughs> I, well, you know, I was thinking, you know, maybe since you know he's a he's a titan that maybe like it re- it regenerates somehow. Okay, so he's just perpetually having his liver. Eat. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so of all the of all like the organs and things, yeah. Why, why the liver? It's the liver. Yeah, Man, I don't. That, that, that cursed so, yeah. liver makes people thieve. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine him like you know like sitting up there thinking I was just trying to be nice to these humans and, and he was yeah and then like every day. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, here we go again. Oh, you know, reminds me of Maui from Moana. You're welcome. <laughs> Eagles like just looking at him. Yeah. Eagles like, I don't want to do this, man. But Zeus is making me. Yeah. You know, so so for thirty years, this eagle flies in on top of the mountain. <laughs> what? <laughs> for, for, yeah, you heard me. For thirty years, according to the myth, this oh. eagle. <laughs> so he's chained to this rock for three decades. So no, nobody came looking for him. <laughs> I guess. Like this guy gave us fire. Oh, where'd he go? <laughs> There goes the friendly eagle that one direction every day. I don't know where he's going. You just see him down there cooking every day and up on the mountain. Prometheus, help. (laughs) What was that? Does anybody hear that sound? Uh, So eventually, thankfully, our good friend Hercules hears Prometheus, climbs to the top of the mountain, and rescues. Let's him loose. Prometheus, yeah. So he rescues uh, Prometheus and Prometheus's liver. (laughs) <laughs> away from the eagle well, that's good for him yeah uh so shane this is uh, probably a good time for a break so why don't we learn a little bit more about the slapdash online store sounds good mm-hmm. 
Hey everyone, we're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice slapdash hoodie or a slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. We're back and we're discussing the history of Greek mythology. We've already talked about a few of our favorite stories here and we're getting ready to jump into another one of my favorites, Orpheus and Eurydice. Have you ever heard of this one, Jason? Uh, a few times today. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it when we uh, spent time practicing how to pronounce the names, perhaps? <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> But I don't know the story. Yeah. Well, it's a good one. It's a good one. So Orpheus was a talented lyre player. And <laughs> if you want to know what a what a lyre is, it's a type of harp, kind of in a U shape. And I know that because Google told me that That's today. Right. And I trust Google. Uh, it said that Orpheus could charm rocks and rivers with the music he played. So talented guy. That's been really, really good. It's pretty good. Orpheus fell in love with Eurydice and wooed her with the music from his lyre. You know, I wonder what he was playing. Any idea? He probably had like just like a beautiful melody, but his voice was horrible. He'd play like, you, I'm going, you, you. So yeah, so she fell in love with whatever kind of music he was putting out. Uh, however, if something really tragic happened uh, at their wedding, uh, Eurydice was bitten by a viper and died. <laughs> I tell you, Greek myths pull no punches. It wasn't like they got, you know, a a day, a week, a year. It was just like. So on the wedding day. On the wedding day, there just happens to be a viper. That viper just happens to be in the mood for ankles and just just bites her and she dies. That's awful. It's pretty terrible. And Orpheus was grieved by the death of his wife. So he went into the underworld to bargain for Eurydice's life. Because that's the thing with Greek mythology. When you die, you don't just stop existing. You go to the underworld or somewhere else, and there you are. And apparently people can come visit you. (laughs) That's what Orpheus does. Sure. Sounds, yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, Jason, as we all know, the underworld is guarded by a three-headed dog named Cerberus. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Common knowledge. I have a tattoo of that. (laughs) Yeah, of course you do. Uh, Orpheus was able to put the dog to sleep with the playing of his lyre. So, and he's good. He, he, he's pretty good. He, he didn't sing it to sleep. He played a little U-shaped harp, and the dog said good night, and he, he was able to get by. Wow. Pre- pretty talented. Uh, so when Orpheus met with Hades, who is the king of the underworld, and his bride, Persephone, he played a song for them on his lyre. He, he's a one-note band, man. Man, he, he, he gets through life with that That's lyre. Right. It's important to him. Uh, they were so moved that they agreed to let Eurydice follow Orpheus back to the living world. Man. But, however... Uh-oh, there's a catch. <laughs> there's a catch. Uh, the catch was that Orpheus had to walk through the darkness of the underworld with Eurydice falling behind him, but he can never turn back to look at her. So he had to just trust that she was back there. He, he never saw her. Hmm. And he had to walk for miles and miles and miles through the darkness to get to where he was going. You know, she never said anything. He never actually saw her when he started out on the journey. He just had to take Hades' word that she's back there, but don't you dare look back to see her until you're out back into the world of the living. So Orpheus made it all the way to the entrance of the underworld before he started to question whether it was all a trick and that the gods were making fun of him. So imagine that, going through miles and miles and miles of darkness and getting to the entrance. You see the light at the end of the tunnel, and you start to say, hmm... 
I wonder, because he said don't look back. Orpheus turned around. Oh, see, there you go. (laughs) At the last minute and saw that a shadow of Eurydice was indeed walking a few steps behind him, waiting to become flesh when she entered the light. However, when Orpheus looked at Eurydice, he had violated the terms of his agreement with Hades and Persephone, and thus Eurydice's spirit was pulled back into the darkness of Hades for the rest of eternity. Man. (laughs) Good night, children. (laughs) Sleep tight. (laughs) Don't don't look back. I'm going to... Maylee... You know, she likes to have stories like this, you know, around bedtime or like whatever. This? I have some doozies tonight <laughs> for her. That, that might be the the worst story on my list. I'm just going to say that I'm I'm going to end just like how you did. Yeah, and I'm just going to say that night and just walk out, just walk out <laughs> just of the bedroom, and just see it. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So so what do you have next? Well, one of the more popular Greek myths is that of Medusa. So you've heard of Medusa. Right? I, have, I think yeah. you mentioned that earlier. You, you in, won a staring contest. I have no idea how you did that. Uh, it was tough. Good job. Tough. I played a leer. <laughs> I got her to go to sleep. There you go. Uh, so Medusa is also referred to as Gorgon Medusa. Oh, of course she is. Which is much worse. Medusa is pretty bad by itself. But, yeah, but when but you say Gorgon. Gor- or Gorgon, I guess that's Gorgon. Gorgon, Gorgon Medusa. That's, that's, that's pretty rough. So Medusa was this uh, mystical being who, who was mortal, but had venomous snakes for hair, which is funny when you even say that. Uh, and anyone who looked upon her would instantly be turned to stone. Yeah. And uh, sort of like the three sisters of fate she has been in many movies many cartoons oh yes uh you know a lot of folks have have played her Uh, again i I think it's a percy jackson reference i'm sure she's in there too. i think so yeah so over the years medusa ended many people's lives according to the uh, the legend however perseus the son of zeus was able to kill her by cutting her head off that's a real that's pretty popular. That's a popular way of death is yeah. just cutting someone's head That's off. That's what they like to do. Uh, by using uh, the reflection from a shield that he had, he was able to mm. see see her without really seeing her. Right. Kind of peeking around the corner. That's just, right. Just like a reflective surface. Right. Okay. And, and then just you know cut her head off. And if this wasn't wild enough, <laughs> the blood that spewed from her lopped off head... <laughs> Oh, no. Okay, there's more. But, but wait, there's, it's like an infomercial. But wait, there's more. If you act now, the blood just kind of pulled and then transformed into Pegasus, the famous winged white horse. Why? I don't know. <laughs> and Perseus said, "Giddy up!" I thought they were. I thought it would at least be like maybe that eagle that like, oh, that eats livers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. But no, it, it was it was Pegasus. Uh, so when when uh, Perseus killed her all of a sudden now he has this famous winged horse that i remember from clash of the titans makes perfect sense yeah. why wouldn't it that's that's great that's yeah right. <laughs> so what do you have next so jason we've already talked a little bit about hercules right. but i have probably one of his most famous stories and hercules is probably one of the most famous heroes in greek mythology oh yeah well known for uh this particular story which is called the 12 labors of hercules i remember watching a, a movie when i was a young kid about this oh okay. and it wasn't a cartoon it was like an actual like movie movie yeah. almost sort of like conan the barbarian oh sure that's kind of the feel that it had but he had to do all this and i remember thinking that's so cool that's cool i, I remember watching um the television series hercules with kevin sorbo oh yeah do, do you remember yeah. that yep. that was really good too yep. uh but hercules was a demigod son to zeus and alchemini zeus, uh, zeus being 
the god Zeus, and Alcamene being immortal, uh, Zeus's actual wife, Hera, hated Hercules and wanted to kill him, as you know, these things usually yeah, go. You're not my baby. That's right. Well, that's exactly why. And she, she was the goddess of family. So, I mean, Zeus was really putting it to her, man, because, right. you know, she, he, he was letting her down <laughs> quite a bit. So, Hera used her power to make Hercules go insane. So much so that he killed his sons and his wife because he thought they were initiating some kind of attack on him. Wow. That's tragic. It's, it's terrible. It's Greek, I guess. It, it's, it's Greek. It's a Greek tragedy. Uh, after realizing what he did, Hercules traveled to Delphi and spoke with Apollo, who, as we mentioned, was the god of archery, music and dance, truth and prophecy, healing and diseases, the Macarena, you name it. I mean, <laughs> this guy did all the stuff. <laughs> Uh, Hercules asked uh, Apollo how he could atone for his sins, and he was told to go serve his cousin, King Eurystheus, for 12 years. And Eurystheus hated Hercules because okay. the story wouldn't be interesting unless he did. Yeah. Uh, so he ordered Hercules to complete 12 impossible labors, and the first one was to slay the, ne- <laughs> the Nemean lion. Okay. Two, slay the nine-headed and you'll hear a lot about slaying. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do. Things have to die. Slay the nine-headed Larninian, Larnaean? Sure, yeah. Hydra. Okay. Oh, Hydra. Hydra's the important word. Yeah. All right, yeah that, that's that's like the a, operational yeah, word that we're Hell Hydra for. off of you know, <laughs> yeah, Marvel. That's yeah. it. So slay the Hydra. Uh, Hydra. Number three, capture, capture the golden hind of Artemis. <laughs> okay. And uh, Artemis was the god of the hunt. Uh, goddess of the hunt and the golden hind was a gold colored female deer because that's what google told me was it a doe <laughs> it must have been a, a female deer, deer. <laughs> a female deer uh number four capture the arimanthian boar and you know they, they all gonna be from somewhere <laughs> okay clean the aegean stables in a single day and and that sounds like that the easiest one thus far but i think whenever he goes in there like it's it's just a complete stinking mess. It's just a bad. It's in bad <laughs> the shape. Stables don't smell good right. anyway. <laughs> uh, he actually, I think, read uh, like diverted a river yep. through there or yep. something to kind of kind of clean it up. Number six, slay the Stymphalian birds. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All of them. You know, this doesn't sound challenging until you put some kind of crazy word in front of it. You know, yeah. slay the birds doesn't sound that bad. Okay. But, uh, those Stymphalian birds, though. Oh, watch out for those. Capture the Cretan bull. <laughs> That's okay. number seven. Don't kill it. Just capture just that one. Capture that one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down there, Hercules. Uh, number eight. Steal the mares of Diomedes. So okay. Not not too bad. Number nine. Obtain the girdle of Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons. <laughs> okay. Now that might be a little tougher. <laughs> might be tricky. <laughs> Better bring a leer. <laughs> <laughs> number ten. Obtain the cattle of the monster Gerion. So. Uh, <laughs> For some reason, that doesn't sound too tough. That <laughs> doesn't, but... <laughs> you can just call Jerry on wait, out. Wait till you meet Jerry on. <laughs> Come yeah. on here. Take your whip of Jerry on. He might be that nice monster we would look for. Hey, Jerry, you know. <laughs> Mind if I obtain your cattle, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Number 11, steal the golden apples of the Hesperides. And those okay. were the daughters of Atlas. And finally, number 12, maybe the easiest one of all, capture and bring back Cerberus, the three-headed dog of Hades. Okay. <laughs> so I guess you have to go to the underworld for that one, you, I guess. You do, yeah. Hercules managed to complete all 12 labors and free himself from the service of Eurystheus, having atoned for the killing of his sons. And then later on, he goes on to get remarried, and his wife poisons him. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
why, why is it always like this this unbelievable triumph? It's a baby and, switch. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, uh, concrete fell on him. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just it. Like the end. Yeah, and it doesn't go into like any additional character development or what he was feeling <laughs> at the time. It's just like he won the day and then died. The end. The end, <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> so, Jason, do you have one more for us? I do. I have one about myself, Shannon. Oh yeah. Uh, this one's uh, the adventures of Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, this is all about you, huh? Uh, all about me. Uh, This uh, this Greek mythical figure named Jason basically goes on a tremendous quest to capture the Golden Fleece. And what is the Golden Fleece, you might ask? I I don't know. It is the skin of a winged holy ram. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's funny. Of Zeus. It's Zeus's ram. It's his holy ram. It's his holy ram. So you have to go basically get the skin of this winged holy ram that Zeus owns. But the catch, it's guarded by a dragon. Mm. Just a one-headed dragon, I think. I don't think there's like seven heads. Not multiple heads. Well, no. this, is, this must not even be a Greek story. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are going to die, so just wait. Okay. So uh, Jason puts together like this big, uh, you know, hero team. I think Hercules is actually on a, a part of that team. I think Greek Avengers. And they, <laughs> it's kind of what it is. <laughs> yeah, a symbol. And they uh, basically all board a ship called the Argos, and off they go. Yeah. And they go on this big adventure to try to get the uh, Golden Fleece. And so basically it's really impossible all right so that they know that they cannot like like defeat this dragon so there's a little espionage goes on there's a lot of like you know sort of dirty play that happens yeah. and they basically just kind of trick the dragon and because they know they can't beat it sort of in a fair fight right right so they end up uh, uh basically stealing the golden fleece and they're you know they're uh, they're coming back home <laughs> he falls in love on the way home everything is great did they stop at an island no but when, <laughs> but when they get back home when they get back home his wife or his his fiance or whatever falls in love with someone else mm. when they get back home Home. she marries this man he leaves and so then you have jason who just completed this impossible task of getting this golden fleece and he's being celebrated and he goes down to uh uh the the, the boat the ship oh yeah and he kind of sits down in the sand and he's just sort of like really down and depressed mm. and a piece of wood falls off of the <laughs> off the boat and hits him in the head and he dies <laughs> no <laughs> now, I know you think I just made that up. It sounds like you did. But did I did. No, he goes down to kind of just be, you know, very sad and kind of down on his luck. And he sits yeah. down by this big, magnificent boat that he just accomplished this great task And it by. could have ended there, and I'd have felt and, okay. Like, you know, that's not exactly nope. what we wanted, but at least he gets to live, and he's a tragic nope. hero. Nope. But the wood falls Just on a him. piece of wood falls off the boat, hits him on the head, and he dies right there by the boat <laughs> on the shore. That's terrible, man. <laughs> Go Greek. Go Greek. So, so, Jason, how did they distract that dragon? Any any ideas on that? Just, I, hey, I, dragon, look over there and just get the fleece. I think they had like a, a beautiful woman sing a song and they were some oh. kind of like a, a fair maiden type thing and the dragon was distracted because the yeah. dragon thought there was going to be like this big fight and then there wasn't a fight. And the yeah. dragon's like, hey, where's the fight? What's and going on? And he turns around, oh, hey, where's the fleece? Where's the fleece? <laughs> and Jason's like, ah. <laughs> and he's on the boat heading home. So. Oh, man. that's And meanwhile, the dragon's loosening a piece of wood on the ship. <laughs> I'll get you later, bro. <laughs> You'll get yours in a little while. So that, those are all the myths I have. All right. Well, Jason, we have one more thing to do here on the show, and uh, we are going to actually do a cult call. Do you remember cold calls? It's been a little while, but yeah, I love these. Yeah. So we basically call up someone, uh, a friend or someone that we know who has particular expertise in a topic, and who better in the subject of Greek mythology than re- uh, former 
English teacher for 30-plus years, a big proponent of Greek mythology, Mr. Bill Little. Do you know Mr. Little? Bill Little Oasis uh, <laughs> is the name, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. He, he, he's an official Greek, I believe. Billosees. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 I, love, I love Bill Little. Yeah. Let's get him on the phone and see what his thoughts are, see what maybe his favorite story is in Greek mythology. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, hello? Hey, Bill. This is Shannon. How are you? I'm doing just fine, buddy. <laughs> hey, Bill, this this is uh, Jason. How are you doing, man? I'm hanging right in there, Jason. <laughs> All right, good deal. <laughs> well, hey, we are doing a podcast episode this evening on Greek mythology, and we thought who better oh. to get in contact with than uh, the Greek legend, uh, Mr. Bill Little. I- I've already kind of set you up and let-, let everyone listening know that you are a former retired high school teacher, 30-plus years. H- how many years exactly did you teach? 37 years. Man, you, you are a champion. Well, now, Bill, there, there's a myth that I need you to clarify right now before <laughs> before we go any further. I have heard, and as a matter of fact, I don't think it is a myth because a myth because I think I've seen visual proof of this. Is there or is there not a mural of <laughs> Bill Little painted on the high school, Clay County High School? Yes, there is a mural. They have got my head on <laughs> Zeus's body in the clouds with a big lightning bolt. Oh, and yeah. that's why we called you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's good. So, Bill, you, you uh, and I go way back. Uh, whenever I was doing my yeah. student teaching, you were my, my cooperating teacher, and, and we talked a lot about Greek mythology. Yes, we did. And if you remember, you know, you had to do a uh, a video project, you know, to turn in. Oh, yeah. To, uh, to Alice Lloyd over there where you went to school. Right. And uh, I was back there in the chair filming you, but you were actually teaching uh, a uh, mythology class that morning yep, to I, uh, uh, some advanced English 2 students, I believe. I still have that video. I think I was actually teaching oh, okay. maybe on uh, Theseus and the Minotaur, I think, which is one of yes, the... Yes, I believe that. Uh, yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the stories we talked about today. So, so Mr. Yeah. Little, what? What is your favorite Greek myth? Which which one do you like the best? You know, that is a hard question for me to answer because really I, I was big into the Trojan War. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And then the adventures of Odysseus after the Trojan War. But really, as far as heartfelt, uh, probably my favorite is Perseus. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Where uh, he did go in search of something, it was a, uh, how would I say, it was a way to defeat the Kraken, which was going to take Andromeda as a sacrifice. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So that was a big plot point in, uh, was it Clash of the Titans, maybe? Yes, Clash of the Titans. They made, the the original one was made in 1981, and it, uh, the special effects, of course, this was done before CGI. And the special effects was by that renowned stop-motion action uh, uh, special effects man, Ray Harryhausen, okay? Oh, yeah. And then, several years later, about 2010 or somewhere in that neighborhood, they made a remake of it, you know, Clash of Types. Of course, it was good, too, you know what I'm saying? But it had CGI and all the good special effects, you know, that kids really like. Oh, sure. I, I, I saw both of those movies, and, you know, I have a soft spot more for the older one. I think that stop motion, there's just something more authentic about that. It just it just felt better somehow. Yes, and, and in those days, you know, those, those guys that were special effects men before CGI, 
they had to be, you know, they were geniuses, you know what I'm saying, how they could pull that off without you seeing wires or anything else. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was just something. It was really something. Well, Bill, I've, I've got a question here for you. Okay. Okay, so you have to fight one of these two. <laughs> okay? And, okay. And, and, right. and you have like a Red Rider BB gun. But you have to okay. fight. But you have to fight one of these two, and you get to pick your opponent. All right, it's either all right. the Minotaur or it's Medusa. Uh oh. Well, I would tell you this: I would. Uh, my chances would be a lot better against the Minotaur <laughs> because he was slow and clumsy. Oh yeah, and he could. Yeah, he could be upended very easily. But you had to be very crafty, and you had to be very fast on your feet. With with Medusa, you would really have to have a shield to see her reflection. Oh yeah, that's that's a uh, part of the story we were just talking about a few moments ago. So uh, yes, because yeah. if you didn't have that shield, see her reflection would not turn you to stone. Right. But to see her, but to see her face to face, you would turn to stone in a heartbeat. You think the Red Rider would would do the job? <laughs> Only if it ricocheted. <laughs> off a piece of stone and hit the minotaur right between the eyes. <laughs> I think you have it figured out, man. Yeah, you, you've thought about this a little bit, huh? You've you, you planned this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had plenty of practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Little, we, we appreciate your expertise, and thanks so much for, for taking our call. We'll, we'll have to have you back on the show sometime in the future again. Would that be okay? That would be just fine with me, guys. I appreciate the uh, offer here. I really do. All right. Thank you, sir. You take care. All right, buddy. Take care, buddy. Take care. God bless you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Such a good guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so so genuine. And uh, he, he brings a lot to the table when you talk about mythology. Oh, yeah. He knows tons about mythology. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we talked about this topic, I thought, man, we have to talk to Bill Little. Yeah. Right. He, he, he's the resident guru and expert. That's right. For sure. So, Jason, this was a fun episode. I, I really enjoy these Greek myths. Uh, I've, I've got a few extra bedtime stories for the arsenal here. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if the girls will appreciate it, but we'll, we'll try them out. That's, a, that's okay. It builds character. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to all of our listeners who are following us each week and tuning into the podcast. We encourage you to subscribe and share the podcast with a friend. We release new episodes in history, art, science, and everything else on Mondays and Thursdays. You can follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at SlapdashPod. And we will catch you in the next episode unless a piece of wood falls on our head. <laughs> or an eagle eats our liver. <laughs> Take care, everybody.